Hello and welcome back to Pop Culture Blast. I am your host, Danny Stevens. So what I'm doing today is talking more on the David Dobrik incident. So I had spoken about it in my last episode, but some more stuff did come up. So I'm going to explain all of that and kind of take like a psychological approach to what's going on. Also, of course, I'm going to have a very lighthearted topic before I do get into the really hardcore stuff. So, yeah, I'm very excited to have this episode up and coming. Okay, so my first topic, of course, it's going to be a silly topic. So Elon Musk and Grimes welcomed their second baby. So if you don't know who Elon Musk is... A lot of people do know him, but I know some people as well are not really into the whole car industry type stuff. Um, He is the head guy of Tesla. He's the guy behind Tesla and SpaceX. And then Grimes is a musical artist. I've not really ever checked out her music, but I heard it's really, really good. So this was a little shocking to me because they did break up quite a while ago after the birth of their first son. So if you didn't know, they also have another kid too. I mean, Elon has a bunch of kids with his last significant other, but he had welcomed X-Ash A12 a few years ago. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I have a pronunciation up here. I had to Google it because I was not 100% sure. Yeah, actually, in September 2021, so Elon and Grimes were quote-unquote semi-separated but still love each other, see each other frequently, and are on great terms, which I think is very good, especially for their children. So then in March of 2022... Vanity Fair had reported that they had their second child, which her name is Exa Dark Psy Deer Eel. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, too. (laughs) I had to look up the pronunciation online because I wanted to make sure that I'm not disrespecting them in any way, shape, or form. So then... I was also really confused, too, because they did break up. So then um, after the article was made public about the daughter, Grimes had confirmed that her and Elon had called it quits. So she had tweeted, Me and E have broken up again since the writing of this article, but he's my best friend and the love of my life, and my life and art are forever dedicated to the mission now. Which I think that was quite sweet. I'm really glad they're still able to be on good terms, especially for their children. But then she did also say as well, um, kind of about their their birth of their daughter. So 
she had said, I would probably refer to him as my boyfriend, talking about Elon, but we're very fluid. We live in separate houses. We're best friends. We see each other all the time. We just have our own thing going on, and I don't expect other people to understand. I'm a little confused. (laughs) Just a little bit, but, you know, it's their business, and I'm glad they were able to stay very professional, especially in the public eye. I think a really big thing about couples and everything in Hollywood, it's it get it gets quite messy when and also just in my opinion, I'm not really a huge fan of Elon just because of, you know, some stuff he said, but it doesn't reflect him as a bad person. At least he was able to you know, be very cordial with Grimes, especially since they do have kids together, which is pretty good. So the next thing I'm going to cover, if you had listened to my last episode, I talked a lot about the David Dobrik and Jeff Wittick feud that is going on. So I wasn't going to press on it any further until I heard a lot more information that's definitely going to ruin David's career which is very disappointing so if you don't know what's going on a documentary is coming out exposing David Dobrik and the way he treated his friends for videos so this documentary was created by a man named Casey Neistat who was his best friend I think when they first started vlogging together like they were inseparable he was in all of their videos all that jazz so the documentary is called under the under the influence so it talks about you know how popular David got and how he was treating his friends in the vlog and how they played a role. So it's more of a psychological approach to all of them. So um, I found on The Hollywood Reporter, somebody had done a review over the documentary, which I have no clue when it's supposed to be released, but there was a whole event that showed the documentary. I was unfortunately not able to watch it, but... I would watch it in a heartbeat. So hopefully it comes out soon. So Nightstat had conducted many of his interviews before he had learned about this. But he witnessed firsthand the behavior that demonstrates Dobrik's personality. The person who wrote this described his behavior as tasteless, frequently dishonest, perhaps criminal criminally negligent stuff so there's a lot to it especially I watched the videos they were like you know times where Dobrik was getting women to strip and for men to humiliate themselves uh he would script a bunch of moments that are quote unquote spontaneous. And also he the big thing is he would push his best friends to do 
extremely dangerous stunts without, you know, stunt people to train them for it and be there if somebody gets hurt. I really like how um, this review kind of takes a psychological approach to Dobrik. So, you know, he comes off as this very charming man who is enthusiastic about everything. I remember when I would watch his videos, you know, he'd always be like, hey, what's up, you guys? So today I have a really, really big surprise today. And he's like very excited and seems to be this really nice guy who buys friends or buys his friends cars and, you know, get them tickets to Hamilton, stuff like that. But, you know, behind the scenes, that was not how he was at all, which I had previously mentioned in my last podcast about how he would put a face on for the camera and then off camera, he would be a monster. And then in other sources, I found described as stuff as chaotic and was a shoot first, ask questions later approach. So like I said, well, the big thing we're focusing on is how he would push his friends to do very dangerous things without stunt people or people that can be there if somebody gets hurt. You know, he would just make them do it. And, you know, these stunts are so bad, it costed, you know, Jeff Wittick his life. Thankfully, he's still doing okay and everything, just multiple surgeries on his eye and he has permanent eye and brain damage. So with the vlog squad, yes, you know, they were heavily affected by this stuff, but everybody played a role in the video or in the videos, if you will. So like there's like the party animal, which would be Zayn Hijazi. You know, he was always getting drunk and going out to parties and getting really into it. Um, You had one who was very, very sexually active. You had the one who was always getting hurt, which I think there were quite a few people who kind of played that part. I think mostly it was David's friend, Ilya. He seemed to always get hurt, which was always a little concerning to me, but I didn't think much of it because I thought it was... You know, there was stuff going on behind the scenes, but apparently there wasn't. (laughs) Then you also had the ex-con who was Jeff Wittick, and they kind of were a bit mean about it. Like, you know, at least like Jeff's like able to joke about it and stuff. But, you know, he actually had to go to jail. I think jail. I don't know if he ever went to prison. Anyways, he was... You know, in a jail, he had to fend for his life and stuff, things like that. But it was just not the way to go. So also, Nightstat kind of talks about how a lot of his skits were scripted, staged, and refilmed over and over for the best shot. So there was an instance, there was a Black Squad member. His name is Nick Antoinian. I hope I pronounced that right. But uh, he went by Jonah because he looked like Jonah Hill. So he was like really injured while he was doing a stunt. 
And even though he did get hurt, David kept the camera rolling and, you know, was laughing while he was getting taken to the hospital. So actually what ended up happening is while Jonah was at the hospital, the doctor had said he had a 50% chance of dying, which I don't know why you would put somebody in that situation. I just, it's really hard to wrap my head around. So I'm still trying to figure this out too, because I had said in my last episode, I was a fan. Unfortunately, I proclaimed my love to David Dobrik in my senior year yearbook. And honestly, it's there for life. And I'm a bit traumatized by it now that I'm seeing all of this. So then another thing he covers a lot is victim blaming or victim blaming. I'm sorry. So um, then also he said, you know, uh, case night stat. Yeah, so Nightstat had said, you know, although the vlog squad, you know, were his friends and stuff, when the camera turns on and they record, quote unquote, they know what they signed up for. There's no, you know, saying no. You know, they, I think what Nightstat was trying to say there was that, you know, they were his friends and, you know, they have to do whatever they want him to do or else they won't get paid or, you know, it could lead to something terrible. So it was a form of manipulation, I believe. And like I said, this is mostly just my opinion. I've researched it. I know it's a really touchy subject right now, especially with everything going on during this. So there will be some topics in this next part. There's um, like, sexual assault and everything and I wanted to give out a warning before I said something so if you at all feel uncomfortable while listening to this you can kind of skip through it I apologize I just want to make sure I'm covering all my bases with this topic so there was that and then also the documentary talked about the behind the scenes stuff that got Dobrik canceled in the first place. So, like I said, there is um I think it started out with Trisha Paytas saying something on the Frenemies podcast, and then Big Nick, who was a really big Vine star, had came out about bullying, and then there's another guy. His name was Seth. He was in the friend group there, and he had experienced racism and was coerced to kiss Jason Nash when he thought it was Corinna, who was another person in the group. So, you know, that's kind of what started the situation. And then the big one was when Dirty Dom was accused of sexually assaulting women while they were intoxicated and unconscious. And then also, of course... You had the accident, which almost killed Jeff Wittick. So I'm going to talk mostly about the Dirty Dom allegations. So the um, Dirty Dom was already had this reputation of, you know, being the ladies man, being the perverted one who, 
you know, had sexual relations with a lot of women at parties. And, you know, supposed to be this innocent little role he played. So then what happened was there was a woman named Hannah, which I believe was her alias. So it would protect her identity. She had tagged along with her friends who were actually fans of the blog. So they were pretty drunk and they were pressured by the cameras uh, that David would hold on them. Hannah was led to a room with Dirty Dom and another friend where she was assaulted while she was unconscious. So David had filmed everything leading up to all of that. Even it did have a clip of his friends, quote unquote, checking in on what was going on during the assault. So this, of course, was all edited and then posted. There was a YouTube video on it, of course, and it was called She Should Have Not Played With Fire. This was posted in November 2018. It got over a five over 5 million views before it ended up being taken down because Hannah was mortified. And I know, I believe she had made a video talking about it and I watched it and it broke my heart. She has to live with that for the rest of her life. And, you know, she's an amazingly strong woman and I cannot imagine what she went through, especially with it literally being on the internet. Now, it wasn't showing like him actually, you know, having intercourse with her, but, you know, the video when they were having quote unquote, you know, consensual intercourse, you know, it was actually sexual assault. So another thing that came out after this, um, there was a reporter by the name of Kat Tenbarch, who was a reporter for Insider. She had actually broke the, she was the first one to break the story to the public and to discuss the incident. So, you know, not only did this put the blame on Dirty Dom, but also on David for, you know, letting that happen by quote unquote, creating the environment. So after this article had came out, there was it. There was a huge disaster, huge disaster, and I think this was around the time when David started losing sponsors because you know he got canceled and then SeatGeek dropped him, HelloFresh dropped him, a lot of people dropped him, which I don't blame them at all because I know they're trying to cover their butt because. You know, they don't really want to be sponsoring somebody who enables this kind of stuff. So when um, Dobrik was questioned about the allegations, he had put two different apology videos on his channel. Well, the first one was on a secondary channel that wasn't his main platform. And it was a video called Let's Talk, even though the comments were turned off which I thought was a little weird. But um, so, you know, he's talking and, you know, he viewed himself as the victim, which 
that kind of confused me a little bit because he created that environment for that girl who was assaulted by one of his friends. Actually, he had replied to it, and this is what he said. No, I didn't think it was fair. This article, talking about the Cat 10 Barge one, this article was written because this place wanted clicks. Like, it wasn't written because the company is going and looking after the victim and making sure she's okay. This article was written for the same reason that anybody makes a drama video on YouTube. And I don't want to respond to it because I don't want to feed the fire of gossip and hate and drama. I've always wanted to be a person that when you see me, you're just like laughing or smiling or you're pumped to have me around. That's what was shot. That part of me was killed during that. Like now I'm stained forever with something that I don't necessarily think I should be stained with. So when he said that, I mean, I do believe that more of the backlash should have been towards Dirty Dom because he actually assaulted women and, you know, made them go through something that nobody should ever go through, like at all. So actually, this other thing was through the documentary. So he was asked about it. So in the documentary subject interviews, he was asked about the assault and he basically just said, I don't know if it happened or not, which was was pretty unusual. But then there was another response he did in his second apology video, which was on his main channel. He had said that he believes the victim in his second apology video. So I don't really know if he was exactly sorry. I think he was just trying to make it go away because he was going down for it. And of course, he's going to have more of the blame because he has a reputation with the internet and it was pretty pristine until after the whole Liza breakup and then a bunch of other stuff coming out about him being racist and saying, you know, slurs and everything. But, you know, he's more in the public eye and had created a reputation. Of course, he's going to go down for it because he let it happen. And then, of course, the last part of the documentary talked a bit about Jeff's accident, which you can hear in depth on my earlier episode because I had dug into that pretty well in explaining what happened and and it was just it's just awful like just hearing about this now really breaks my heart because like I said David Dobrik's videos were the only thing keeping me going especially when the pandemic first hit you know I would always have such a laugh and I thought he was so cute you know, he was always like really happy about stuff and enthusiastic. And I'm like, this is my dream man. And now that's a complete lie. (laughs) But it, it just, it hurts a lot. And I have found like other comfort, like people on the internet, even though I kind of felt, felt out of touch with the internet with college and everything. But especially during my sensitive times, I looked up to influencers and 
you know, people who wanted to make the world a better place. And I thought that's how David was with, you know, the uh, gifts with Teslas and tickets to Hamilton and, you know, a trip to Hawaii, a trip to South Africa. And the fact that most of those were most likely staged really breaks my heart. Like, you know, and of course, you know, everything's going to be scripted nowadays. That's just, that's how the world works. But, you know, I thought it was like genuine reactions. But now the fact that they're staged, I'm embarrassed for the people who are involved in it. But where I'm going with this, I'm sorry, I went off on kind of a tangent with all of this. And I tried to make it as organized as possible. But honestly, you are noticing me kind of try to figure it out in my head and piece everything together because this is so much to unpack, but unpack. But so then um, overall, so the documentary is an unfiltered view of David's videos and especially looking into the life of an influencer and, you know, like I said, with Nightstat, he was pretty popular. My brothers were obsessed with his videos, even though I thought they were the most stupidest things on earth. But that's just me. So he, of course, I think Nightstat is a very intelligent human being and really knows the ins and the outs of being an influencer, especially in California. So, you know, he has the wisdom from, you know, watching you, the YouTube platform, you know, grow into something huge. But he also understands um, the downsides to being an influencer. So he it also with this review, um, a lot of them have little to no accountability, especially like any influencer like, they just don't know how to take accountability, in my opinion, especially the younger ones, and especially David Dobrik out of everybody. That man does not know how to take accountability. He's only doing this so he can cover his butt and make more money, especially after he bought that $9 million house, even though he was getting canceled at that one point. So, I don't really get it. <laughs> but, um, so with I went on off on another tangent. I am so sorry. But so Under the Influence does uh, show the main, that mainstream media outlets should um, be turning a more scrutinizing eye toward the community. I'm quoting the uh, article I'm looking at when I was trying to do my research. And that um, the community needs to know the difference between what is considered quote-unquote drama and what is an actual criminal offense. And I think what the person's trying to say here is, you know, with drama, like, oh my gosh, you know, I was cheated on by this other influencer and he's a terrible person and he did this and he did that. Now that's drama or like, I was best friends with this one person, but now they're mean because they called me a bad name on the internet. That's drama. But when you are pushing your friends to do extremely dangerous stunts with no protection whatsoever, 
that's pushing near a criminal offense. And like I said, with um, the Jeff Wittick stuff in my last episode, honestly, I would have pressed charges if I was him. And, you know, he's, I mean, now that I'm looking more into this, I realize he is acting like the adult in the situation and he's angry that he was hurt. And I think now noticing this, I'm not really as mad about him anymore because honestly, I would be mad too if my best friend made me do this and I almost died. So that's a criminal offense. So thankfully, Jeff did not die or else I feel like it would have been a lot worse. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I am so sorry. I went off on a huge tangent, but like I said, I'm still trying to figure this out. And I think this puts a close to the whole David Dobrik thing unless things come up. This podcast was recorded at the studios of KALAFM, St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University. Thank you so much for listening in. See you soon.